everybody. I am Catalina and this is the Changemakers Podcast, a show exploring the sustainable development goals and highlighting thinkers and initiatives that are working towards achieving the UN's 2030 agenda. Today, my guests are Silvia Rimotti, Stefano Anfossi and Fabrizio Pierandre, members of the Paco Design Collaborative, an open organization that uses the potential of design and education in fostering social innovation, sustainable behaviors and business opportunities. In this episode, we dive into Sustainable Development Goal 17, partnerships for the goals and how can we reframe the way we look at reality, how can we remodel the way we live and work and how can we collaborate to build a better world. Well, so welcome Silvia, Stefano and Fabrizio to the Changemakers podcast. It's really a pleasure to have you and I'm really looking forward to discuss with you more about Paco Collaborative and how this initiative is contributing to the Sustainable Development Goal 17, Partnerships for the Goals. So welcome. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so let's start with what do you think is the importance of collaboration and partnership building to achieve the sustainable development goals? Okay, it's Fabrizio speaking. Well, let's say that we are considering the 17 sustainability goal as not separated subject, but as a sort of interconnected uh, topic that has to be faced together. So we live in a moment in which almost all the problems, the big challenges that we have to face are wicked problems. So those problems that we, that we have difficulty to understand in their dimension and their boundaries, and many times problems that we can solve creating other problems. And in the case of sustainable development goals, many of these challenges are interconnected. So it's very difficult to, to face one by one, but we need a sort of general attitude in order to be able to solve them in an interconnected way. In this situation, I think that there is no specific skills that could be applied in facing these challenges, but we need to connect different knowledges and different skills in order to be able to to face them. Sometimes it's even pretty interesting to understand how we try to represent knowledge today, no? Once the knowledge was represented as a sort of tree, as a solid, unique entity, with all the knowledges deriving one from the other, while today I think it's much more a system of different knowledges, different skills that have to stay together. And so even from the point of view of theory, I think that we need collaboration and partnership to be able to to face complex problems. And what is actually a design collaborative? Because PACO, you know, kind of brands itself or like as an entity, it is a design collaborative, which I think is quite a new way of organization structure. So how this new form of organizing work will evolve in the future? It's Silvia speaking. Design collaborative for us is a network of professionals coming from different fields with a common vision, using the potentialities of design and education in fostering social innovation and sustainable behaviors. It's a flat and open organization based on bottom-up and co-creational process. And as I said, many different professionals participate in the network in order also to have different competencies and views of the societal problems we want to tackle. I think that Paco's structure is like a living prototype now. We're not sure how it will evolve in the future. It's like we are living in an experiment. 
and we see it day by day evolving the structure. So in the future, we are really, we really don't know what to expect, but we are really optimistic in the evolution. <laughs> and like, because you say now that it's a living experiment, like, can you already see certain advantages of, you know, working in this way? And if yes, you know, what are they? Definitely, yes, we see some advantages, but also I have to say there are some disadvantages because it's a positive aspect. I think that being an open structure, an organization, we are always open to everybody and open to also work with people, professionals that are really far from the design field. We have been working with theologists, for example, And we've seen how actually doing research, it's completely a different view from them compared to our traditional way of researching. No? And so for us, was, uh, for the people who are part of the collaboratives, is really like enriching. And uh, another positive thing is that people who are in PACO work on what they really want and to engage. So it's really free. So people who want to participate in a certain project, they can decide to work on that. Or if they don't care about that topic, they are free to just work on another, another project. So freedom, it's really a value. Yeah. So what do you think are the challenges that we need to overcome as a global society to be able to collaborate to achieve the sustainable development goals? Okay, Stefano speaking. This is one of those questions in which you could, you could spend your whole life searching for an answer without finding the right answers, probably, and assuming that there is one. Um, we can say that in order to be able to collaborate as a global society for, for the goals set by the United Nations, first, we would have to build a global society, which at the moment there is not, or at least there is, or there are just only parts of it, and not always in a stable way. What is certain is that we have global problems on almost all of, not all issues, ecology, economy, health, and so on. But we have a national, if or even regional political and decision-making system. The system society that we have built is not adequate for the moment and to meet the challenges that we are facing. Some argue that it's man with his biologic, biological abilities who is unable to deal with the enormous global problems that we created. Surely, another lesson that we as humanity have learned and continue to learn is never to underestimate our stupidity and never overestimate our capabilities. By saying this, we can probably already set the first challenge that is to be able to go beyond our biological limits in our ability to collaborate. Just as with the Industrial Revolution, we have managed to go beyond our physical limits, with the next revolution, we should be able to go beyond our social limits. How many thinkers, researchers, researchers and so on, from all age we passed? on to us is that as men and as the society in which we live, we need to build and believe in stories that give meaning to our lives and that give us a key to understanding the world we live, in which we live. Here are the stories that we have today than the built 
our organizational models are inadequate and we no longer believe in them. It is enough to see what has happened in the last 10 years. We were convinced that with globalization and liberalization, even on the push of what the net promised, we would build a better world and instead bad management and human inability have made this way of organizing the world no longer credible and no, now the reaction is to close. And today we see the great, the great challenge between globalism and nationalism. Here is the other great challenge to face the growing desire for nationalism, not because there is something wrong with nationalism itself, but if, if we have problems to face on a global level, thinking only on a national level is not enough how to do or at least what we are trying to do. But in our work, we are trying to work on multiple levels, from bottom to top and vice versa. By developing with all the people involved on the project that we are facing, a common stories and a common models in which we believe and condense and creating a sense of community. Really well said. I mean, it's definitely really interesting what you mentioned, you know, about this next revolution that we need to overcome our social selves, which I found really interesting. So what do you think is the role of design in changing behaviors? And can we actually change behaviors by design so that we start you know, tackling these global challenges and starting to overcome our social selves? I can try to reply to this. Again, Fabrizio, I think that it's pretty known how can we change behavior, okay? And... There are several mechanisms, okay? The easiest one is when we are forced to change behavior because a law or something, legislation or something like that, change and we are forced to extremely change our behavior. Actually, I think that one of the big challenge or probably the biggest challenge of the sustainable goals, which is above the one that are listed, is how can we convince people to change behavior? The sustainable goal is not just simply asking us to change behavior, but to drastically change our thinking about certain kind of activities, attitudes, that the design, it's an attitude, it's a way of interacting with people that could affect our education mainly. So many of the things that we are doing in PACO are very interlinked with education because we think that, for instance, the design thinking skills or critical thinking should be a sort of subject that everybody has to study at school, exactly like math that you have in school since the primary one until the university with different levels and understanding. The same should be with design skill because actually the only way to face these behavioral change is through awareness, is through critical thinking, is through uh, developing those skills that help us to face the complexity of our times. So really the big challenge that we live today is that there's no manual that can help us to solve problems. We have to find a solution while walking, so during along the process. I don't think there is nobody on the earth that can say, if we do this, we solve our problem. It's really like we need the skills of everybody. We need the common effort. We need a, a culture that is showing us positive and negative aspects of our behavior in order that we can achieve a higher level of awareness, a higher level of collaboration, and a higher level of curiosity also, and 
willing to explore and enthusiasm in facing these challenges and not being nihilistic like we mainly are in many moments of our time. We think we actually don't think we can be part of the solution. We actually don't think that we can be agent of change. I think that all the things that I've seen till now have something to do with the design. The design is really an attitude of exploring, being curious, being interactive, trying to be connected with the other, understanding people's aspirations and needs. And I don't think design will save us, but it could be part of the solution. Mm -hmm. I really like that you mentioned, you know, the educational part, because I personally also believe that if we, you know, educate people in the right way to give them the skills of critical thinking, of curiosity, of collaboration, then, you know, we could solve all the other challenges and future challenges that we will encounter. So can you share a little bit more about what is PACO Collaborative and how did this initiative actually start? Okay, it's Sylvia again. Okay, as I said, PACO Design Collaborative is a network of professionals. And actually, it started informally in 2013 from a group of professionals who wanted to question the role of design in the society. So we start the first meeting really like an happy hour. So it's like really, really informal because everything started here in Milan. So we did Italian aperitivo. So this is how we usually meet up after the work. So during these meetings, we started to said, define the role of design in fostering social innovation. But together with this, we also try to investigate how to create an organization that would be more open and inclusive respect to traditional companies. So we started also to understand not only what we want to do, but how we want to do it. And from these informal meetings, we decided to then uh, give a legal like, identity to PACO in January 2014, when we opened PACO Design Collaborative. And now we have uh, like, uh, partners all around Europe and also friends, let's say, all around the globe. So we are like, quite big. Not like, <laughs> like we are around 25, 30, 30 partners nice. and Amazing. And what were maybe some of interesting, some of the most interesting projects that you have been part of? Okay, I think one of the biggest projects we've been part of is the, the party project. That is the acronym of participatory design with the youth. And it was an important project for us because it was a four years project founded by European Union. During these four years, we have been working with the marginalized youth of the Sun community in Namibia and South Africa. The Sun community is an indigenous community of the Southern Africa. And together with the youth, we did a series of participatory design workshops with the aim of increasing the involvement of the youth in the service development of South Africa and Namibia. But together with that, we also work to increase the youth self-esteem and to teach new competencies useful for their CV. This was a really big project that we just ended this year and the outcome was a toolbook, so a collection of tools we use with the youth. It's a free toolbook that everybody can download from our website. 
Then another important project that I would like to to share with you is, as Fabrizio was saying, we work a lot in, in the educational field. So we started the design school for children that is not a physical school, but it's a container of initiative for the development and the dissemination of design culture and design methods in the education of children and young teenagers. So this is another project uh, we are running and the many, many different initiatives, workshops, school courses inside the Design School for Children. Amazing. And just moving a little bit more, you know, towards more like an aspirational aspect, what is the change that you would like to contribute to in your lifetime? Wow. Well, that's a big question. But let's say thing that we already mentioned in this case Stefano and I that could be the contribution that we would like to have I reply more on a personal level but I think it is a pretty shared ambition but actually is to expand the culture of design thinking in terms of critical and creative thinking into the population that is no more something that is a knowledge limited to designer or design fields, but is a way of designing in the sense, in Italian we use the word progettare to explain design, which is like to project yourself into the future. So to imagine yourself in the future, this ability we think it's definitely something that should be spread as common knowledge, as reading and writing in all the population, in our opinion. And working in this direction could be the first of the things we want to achieve. And so it's something at the base. It's not a specific goal, but it's kind of a pretty interesting thing that we would like to have. And Stefano was mentioning the advantages that these digital revolution are bringing to the society. As always, we anything that is new can be positive or negative. If we want to focus on the positive thing is that, as Stefano was mentioning, as the Industrial Revolution was making us stronger and capable of doing physical things that we weren't able to do before, like flying and whatever, going faster than a horse or whatever, we think that Digital Revolution can make us thinking in a connected way to join our way of thinking and probably to start thinking in a different way. I think that critical thinking, but also something like philosophy, or like ethics, like to think why we should do something, not just for a utility, but for a meaning, a deeper meaning, could be something that could be achieved through design exercise, design application, design training. And again, I'm thinking of design not like industrial design or service design, but I'm thinking like the art of a project, to do projects, to build also physically, many times physically, which is a very good exercise also to create new thinking, no? We say, think with your hands sometimes. And so trying to give these capabilities to the wider population possible is something that I would be very, very happy to consider my, my contribution to, to the humanity. Amazing. What can the listeners of this podcast start doing today? also to kind of encourage the listeners of this podcast to, you know, do something right away, like process this knowledge and put it into action. I can, can apply it. It's always Fabrizio. No, no, but I, I was thinking that do something for someone else the, that make you and him or her happy. 
or happier. In, in some way, don't think just about your happiness, but try to create something that with the happiness could be shared. That's probably my suggestion. Awesome. Yeah. Another okay. thing is, yeah. <laughs> it could be easier if you start from your passion. I think that Many times all of us teach in different universities and we have always in contact and we are always in contact with young people that many times have a lot of enthusiasm, but sometimes they miss a vision or they do not work on their passion. They not look inside themselves what could be really their interest in life and so on. So working on your passion could be already a very interesting way of first of all know yourself better. Okay, and probably to start to fix your sustainable goal before the one that the community is asking us to reach. And this might be something that you can do since now. Yeah. What about you, Sylvia? What would be your advice for, for the listeners of this podcast? Uh, yeah, I mean, as they said, also, I mean, passion, but also enjoy what you're doing. So when you enjoy on what you're doing, you are also giving 100% of your energy. And also, actually, every person feels good in different ways. Some person maybe feel good in helping other people. And this is really good also for the society, I think. So, I mean, if, if you are happy in, I mean, it's going to be good also for the global sustainable goal so, and the partnership goal. So... Being happy with others, helping others. If these things makes you happy, do it and start to do it with the people you, you enjoy. So it's really important, the partnership in the sense of being with people that you actually enjoy and you actually are, you say, you think they can give you something that you can learn and grow. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys, for sharing your knowledge, for sharing your insights, for doing this project. I think it's really important to have more people like you who think differently fundamentally. So I'm really happy, you know, that you shared all of these thoughts and I wish you all the best of luck in the upcoming projects. And I'm really curious to see how this experiment of this way of organizing people and work would evolve in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much. We are always open for new members, for every listener who wants to join. Yeah. Awesome. So, I hope that some listeners of this podcast, you know, would take the action and join this yeah, organization. Awesome. Thank you for listening. This was the Changemakers podcast with Silvia Remotti, Stefano Anfossi and Fabrizio Pierandre from Paco Design Collaborative on SDG 17, Partnerships for the Goals. If you like this episode, share it within your community and connect with me on Instagram at change.makers.stories and on LinkedIn. You can find all these relevant links in this episode's description. If you are curious about the sustainable development goals and initiatives that are working towards the UN's 2030 agenda, subscribe to this show on SoundCloud, Spotify or iTunes and don't miss the upcoming episode. Thanks.